0: Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Ryan McManus. He's the CEO and founder of Share Mobility. Ryan, welcome to the show. Kelsey, how are you? I'm doing well. Excited to have you. So, Ryan, why don't you start and tell me a little bit about yourself?
0: So I'm an entrepreneur in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm really excited about solving transportation problems for people that don't already have cars. Uh, Six and a half years ago, I started this business, Share Mobility, to be a part of the automotive industry's transformation from we buy cars to we use mobility. And I saw it as the biggest opportunity in my lifetime, and I wanted to be a part of it. And while being excited about autonomous vehicles and electric cars and car sharing, I found that there's just a lot of people that don't have reliable transportation, and that is a barrier for them to get to work. And if we can help people get to work, we can help improve their lives and their families and all sorts of other things. And so for the last couple of years, we've been building this business to bring transportation as an employee benefit. uh, And... We focus on manufacturing, logistics, and other businesses that have frontline workers.
1: Yeah, yeah. So talk to me kind of more about how you're able to do that.
0: It's a lot of software. So (laughs) first, we've got a team of 20 engineers that are building uh, an incredible application that automates all of the decisions that you have to make in providing employee transportation. Mm -hmm. You know, if you and I needed to build a route, you can easily go to Google. But once you start having 20, 30, hundreds of employees, the routing needs of all of them become uh, pretty significant and we've built a routing algorithm that optimizes how large groups of people can get transportation to reduce the amount of time uh, traveled and we have a network of professional transportation operators that use our software to provide the transportation services that are available all across the country and so we're the platform where we've got on one side employers and on the other side, we've got transportation operators and our software connects them, creates really efficient services uh, and ultimately gets companies to pay for it so people that need it can use it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of companies don't pay for transportation and everyone kind of figures it out and pays for it individually. Why should companies consider, you know, something like shared mobility?
0: Uh, Most companies don't do anything about it. And historically, they've never had to right? The, the job application says, do you have reliable transportation? The burden is totally on the individual. Could you imagine if they did that with health insurance and then everybody is out figuring all their medical stuff out? In some ways, the commute is that complex, right? You've got to figure out your, your financing, your vehicles, and your maintenance, and all that stuff, but we've all figured it out. Mm-hmm. Companies, however, understand the costs of open jobs, high turnover, mm-hmm. uh, people not showing up, And anecdotally, they know that transportation is part of the problem. But what's interesting is they've never visualized where people are coming from. They've never really understood the expense that they're putting on the employee by saying, do you have reliable transportation? So a lot of what we're doing is about educating HR and uh, executives about why transportation is the next benefit that they need to have for their employees.
1: Yeah, talk to me a little bit more about you know working with HR to to implement something like this.
0: You know, interesting stat. Did you know that the HR department has the highest turnover of any department? Really? HR professionals themselves they switch jobs more than any other department. Huh. They probably they they hear about all the good jobs first, but I I think that in a lot of places they're burnt out, that they um they have the biggest burdens of the company on them right now. And, you know, they have a huge task to fill jobs, especially as people are switching jobs for just a couple of pennies. You know, HR doesn't want more to do, they need help. And they're really looking for a partner who can come in and solve a major problem for them. Um, Sometimes it's, this person can't take the job without transportation. But most of the time it's, hey, I can't get there today or I'm gonna go take another job because it's closer. And so those are just some of the uh, instances that we have to help an HR person understand, but we do it all with data. So we get data out of their HRIS system that goes into our software, and then we use that to map and visualize the commute of their employees. And we also help them look at geographic areas where they could be recruiting. So. You know, if you don't know where your employees live, you don't know where you could go find more employees like them. But we give them a tool that allows them to target and say, put billboard ads in this neighborhood, because that's a great place for you to go hire. But we'll also tell them that that neighborhood might have 25% of households without a car. Hmm. But if you're the employer that's overcoming that barrier, you become the employer of choice. And your job pays more than the other jobs because transportation is included. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So, you know, that's a really interesting point that you make comparing it to, you know, health insurance and pulling in HR, talking about all of the different ways that you're able to use the data with share mobility. Talk to me a little bit about kind of trends that you see. Are there more industries, specific industries that tend to work with share mobility more, Uh, you know, size companies? Talk to me a little bit about that.
0: So our ideal customer profile are manufacturing, logistics, other companies with frontline workers. Right now, we're focused on the larger facilities, two to three hundred employees per shift, that are located in rural areas where the employees are commuting thirty minutes or more. And the and the reason we focus on that versus going to an urban employer where their employees also have transportation problems, is that the the cost benefit is far greater when you have longer commutes, and we can go solve a problem there where it's really, really large. And in the urban areas over the next five to 10 years, those places are going to transform where the workforce doesn't have a car, and they're going to use this. But the market today for us exists in the rural areas where there is no public transit option, and those are the companies who have the biggest problem filling jobs right now.
1: That's really interesting. and I imagine that that may be a challenge, you know, working with companies who are in the rural areas and education. So is education a big part of kind of what what the mission is for chair mobility?
0: We should start uh, commuter benefits education division because that is very much what we're doing. Um, almost all of our customers have never offered employee transportation before, and even if they are understanding of the problem, uh, often they're not even aware that that they could be paying for employee transportation and making it a pre-tax benefit. Mm-hmm. So education of the problem, education of the solution we're creating, you know, we're making a market for this today. The, the market for employee transportation doesn't exist. And so education is step number one.
1: Yeah. And I'm wondering, too, just kind of thinking off the cusp, you know, you're talking about educating HR professionals and pulling them into the conversation, you know, first and foremost. But it sounds also, too, that share mobility may be something that employees could take to their HR saying, hey, this is something that we could really benefit from.
0: I would love to do that like Aflac does, right, and reward people for bringing us into the business. And I I don't know of a story where that's happened yet. We've talked to a few employees and have said, well, we could help if you talk to our HR, if you talk to your HR team. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that could be a really cool future. You know, the the vision we have is that someday employees will go to work and ask if they have share mobility mm-hmm. and they'll seek out jobs that offer employee transportation. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you often hear a lot of common misconceptions that people, you know, may may have about the
0: industry? Well, we're always explaining how we're different than the ride sharing companies. You know, we're not Uber or Lyfts. We don't aim to be and we don't compete with them. My riders could not use Uber or Lyft to get to where they're going. And I don't do the types of rides that you use Uber for. Um, We're always explaining how we're complementary to public transit. You know, there's not a single place in the entire United States where we duplicate a route of public transit service or take somebody off of a bus to put them in our vehicle. Every single one of our routes is going to a place where no public transit goes. And in a lot of cases, that's crossing a county line.
1: I imagine, you know, that's a really important differentiating factor, too, that, you know, you're not you're not taking away from public transportation, but you're just making, you know, jobs more accessible to employees.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, there's a there's a couple of communities where we support public transit agencies with our software. But when we're working with a company, we're focused on the ones that don't have any public transit options. Mm-hmm. The other the other misconception is around risk and liability. So often companies will think, well, if I'm paying paying for transportation, aren't I going to be liable if there's ever an accident? But you know, companies don't have liability if an employee gets to gets injured on the way to work driving their own car it's on them so the the companies have to not pay the individual for their time and they don't mandate that work is done in the vehicle and as long as you don't do those two things then you're free and clear and workers comp does not kick in if there was were to be an accident we have a five million dollar insurance policy um on everything we do, and um, we also have you know industry-leading safety, and we track every mile of, of driver behavior and can report back to the company, but safety is always a uh, concern, but that's why you want us doing it with our professional drivers and our technology that can track and manage it, everything, and you just can't have anybody showing up to drive your very important employees.
1: Yeah, yeah. I imagine, too, kind of at the beginning of COVID when the world kind of shut down, Things must have been, you know, interesting for share mobility. Talk to me about how you've been able to scale and kind of work through that.
0: Well, we lost 96% of revenue in one day when COVID happened. Um, Pre-COVID, we were doing a lot of senior transportation. Uh, We did some schools and we also worked with employers, but the employers were more like your downtown corporate type employers. Mm -hmm. So the world shut down. We had to decide, should we exist? Um, Luckily, we always kind of thought like, that's another month of this and then I'll get back to normal. You know, we didn't think it'd be as long as it was, almost two years. That naivety probably kept us persisting. Mm -hmm. But as we looked out in the world, we we looked at who's going to work April of the pandemic, June of the pandemic. Hospitality workers, logistics, Mm -hmm. everybody was buying stuff. Amazon still kept showing up. Um, the manufacturers, the food producers, and these are the companies with hourly workers, people earning twelve to twenty dollars an hour that are doing a physical job but a physical job that can never go remote. so you know we don't really go after call centers a lot of those are still virtual and may never come back and they could easily go virtual but it's the jobs that are doing a physical task that you have to be done at that location and usually pretty big facilities mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. that's uh that's an interesting you know spin and very creative to be able to capitalize you know on a very unfortunate time being able to support the you know, essential workers in the United States so i imagine too a lot of the work that you do isn't necessarily strictly related to you know accessibility i imagine too it's a lot of wraparound services and providing more support in in regards to other aspects am i kind of right in assuming that
0: well we haven't gotten into the other services and we're trying to stay really focused on transportation versus all the other barriers that that somebody may have in getting Mm -hmm. to work the the access to work is what we focus on um accessibility from like a ADA perspective, mm-hmm. it, it, that's not much of a challenge that we see. Um, what we see is that there are certain employers who have really built their business around having a ADA a proper ADA support. And mm-hmm. in those cases, we often do see transportation. Those aren't often the facilities that we're going to.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So I, I know that you know, in the in the recent years, months, what have you, there's been a push towards reshoring of manufacturing in America. Talk to me about a little bit about what that looks like for you.
0: I It's a huge boom for us. Yeah, they. You know, we're looking at needing a lot of people to fill the jobs that exist today. And so as we look to add another five million jobs over the next five to 10 years, that's going to put even more. Um, pressure on the existing businesses. Good news is it's probably going to raise the wage for hourly workers, Mm -hmm. but it's also going to mean that those companies have to get creative about the types of benefits that they're looking at. Mm -hmm. I see huge opportunity for rural America to be attracting these companies that that were previously offshore back into their communities. There's not a lot of people there today. Mm -hmm. And so... There needs to be this interplay between where the rural jobs are going to be located, mm-hmm. the pursuit of affordable housing in those areas, but also access to the large populations that are in urban centers.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. So if someone wanted to learn more kind of about the offerings that Share Mobility has, where would they go to learn more and kind of get an idea of, like you said, you know, preparing for the future on, on what that may look like?
0: So sharemobility.com is a good place to go. We've got some case studies on there. One is about an employer in Kentucky that filled 90 jobs in three months by working. And all of them were refugees. They filled 90 jobs using refugees. Everybody needed transportation um, and it met their hiring goals. So sharemobility.com is a good place to go find that. And if anybody is interested in understanding if you have a transportation problem, we have a product called a commuter analysis. We do it at no cost you input your employee addresses, it shows you where everybody lives, it simulates the transportation and helps you understand if you have this need. So that's a tool we'd love for more companies to uh, to use. And ultimately, I want HR professionals to be aware of transportation as an employee benefit and start to connect the problems that they're hearing anecdotally with the systemic need for more transportation.
1: Yeah. And it certainly is a systemic issue. And I think you're spot on by saying that, that, you know, having that built into a package would be so beneficial. And like you said, you gave that one example of a great case study. I can only imagine what that would do for other companies as well in rural areas.
0: We hope it's a big thing and we hope to bring transportation as a benefit to more companies.
1: Yeah. So, Ryan, as we start to wrap up this conversation, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with either, you know, about share mobility, about, you know, the, the transportation, the systemic issue of transportation, anything like that?
0: Well, you know, I think people should go ride the bus more. I think I think if people rode the bus in their own community, they would start to get an, a better understanding of who relies on the bus, and they would start to be more supportive of public transit. I think overall, as a society, a large part of the country is not supportive of public transit, and we need to change that, especially for those who are not users. If you're not a user of public transit, you should absolutely be a supporter of public transit. It's not for you. Just like share mobility in a lot of ways is not for you. And so I, I really challenge people to go out Use the public transit that exists in their community. If you find out that it's not great, support it. That's what makes it better. Don't not support it. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great piece of advice, too. And I think that, you know, uh, a lot of people may have the privilege to not be concerned with being being concerned about how they're going to get to how they're going to get to work how how they're going to continue to support their family so i think it's a great it's a great uh, opportunity that you're providing for hr professionals for companies um to be able to expand their workforce and, and truly be you know a very supportive you know work environment well right. awesome yeah well ryan this has been a great conversation i appreciate you breaking down share mobility and being on business ninjas today
0: thanks kelsey it was great
1: yeah great conversation. conversation.
0: hey are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.